Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode is appropriate for all ages. Okay, everyone, welcome to our very first episode. So my name is I Love Kim Possible a Lot. Um, I'll also go by Rachel a little bit, but please don't call me that unless you know me on a personal level. Thank you. So in this podcast, basically, we're going to be talking about animation stuff and just general film industry thingy bobs from all different perspectives. So whether you're a voice actor, whether you're a convention planner, whether you're an animator, we're hoping to get a bunch of different people to interview on this to hopefully provide some information and some fun good old times for you, the viewer or the listener, I guess, in this case, because you're not viewing a thing you're 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 listening to a thing because it's a podcast you get it joining me is lauren and i'll let lauren talk about herself yes thank you rachel <laughs> all right greetings to the internet or the podcastians or streamers out there uh, my name is lauren but i also go by the abby roadie on the internet and in the ye old my little pony circles i'm an animator character designer illustrator and industry professional with a long history in entertainment and that continues to grow so well can only go up from here right <laughs> i um i majored in animation from the school of film and television at loyola marymount university and even before that, I was involved in commercials, uh, some TV shows, and, and I even had voiceover auditions at, at one point. So just saying, I, I did have to try out for uh, Dumbo 2 when that was uh, still in discussion. And that never happened. But yeah, would have been fun if it, if it did happen. Um, my very first commercial as a little kid actually garnered SAG eligibility. So I've been a SAG member for most of my life. Um, uh, yeah, and, and in terms of my art, I've been pretty much drawing since I was about three years old, uh, doodling on every little piece of paper I could get my hands on, including placemats at restaurants. And I lost count of how many sketchbooks I've accrued over the years, too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's I've been extremely involved in art, animation, and uh, acting for a long time, and just entertainment in general. It's my life. And then in terms of Rachel and I meeting, uh, well, we actually officially connected at the last BronyCon in 2019. So, hey, endings bring new, new beginnings, right? Uh, um, we were already uh, Team Fortress 2 Analysis Anarchy castmates, but we hadn't actually truly connected until we were at the convention. And once we realized we were both local to each other in L.A., it was like, uh, yeah, let's make some animation content happen. And uh, we, we both have you know things we want to say about it and some insight we want to share. Um, and so we wanted to do that. And so, um, we love talking about the nitty gritty details of the movies and the behind the scenes and the ins and outs of the industry. So it's really cool that we can actually get to work together on this podcast. Uh, anyway, now enough about me. Take it away, Rachel, please. <laughs> so Lauren is actually more qualified than me in the general sense because she's actually in the industry and I'm just kind of a freelancer person who does conventions and has a YouTube channel. So I'm not too important in the shrug. So I guess how this is going to be broken up is we'll do some Q&A, we'll do interviews, we'll do some general advice, um, we'll try to tell fun stories, 
I can't think of any fun stories off the top of my head, but, you know, feel free to subscribe. Do you subscribe to podcasts? I, I think you do. So you can subscribe to the podcast and, yeah, we're going to talk about some stuff. So I'm first going to talk about some just general things that I notice for people that are trying to break into the industry via animation or some sort of animated form or artist form or something like that. And then, um, yeah, um, based on my own experiences, I have some tips as well as resources that are free and or cheap. Uh, that are great for artists and animators and then we can then we can both talk about why animation is important to us and why it's important to society because people are like cartoons are stupid and it doesn't matter so you know oh some of the episodes are going to not be friendly for for families so generally this is a podcast that is family friendly so hopefully you're listening to it with your kids if that's your thing and um your artistic kids and being like, I don't know how to art. I don't know how to do anything. So I'm just going to have my kids listen to this podcast, but with these girls from the internet and hopefully they won't get corrupted by society. You know, the important things. If we're not family friendly, then it will be put in the front of the podcast thingy above that we might say bad words for the most part and talk about some stuff. But for the most part, generally episodes will be family friendly hopefully quote unquote but yeah it will just depend on each specific episode so my advice when people are asking me at conventions or on the youtubes they're like how do i animate and how do i do this thing is a couple of different things i always tell them is uh practice your life drawing skills is number one you can check your local area to see if they have some life drawing classes or some local colleges have life drawing classes if you can't afford things because money is an option because money is a thing that is a factor then there's plenty of free playlists on youtube where you can practice life drawing but i really tell people that they need to practice and learn the natural proportions of humans before they start doing cartoons and get some basic principles in, like, you know, perspective and contraposto and proportions and all that stuff. Because that's a really important thing that people notice when they're looking at resumes is if they can touch on those basic stuff. Uh, first, some tools that you can access and utilize either as artists starting out or even as professionals uh, are free programs like Fire Alpaca, uh, GIMP, and I think it's Paint Tool Sci. Yeah, Fire Alpaca is a free Photoshop alternative that's great for beginners, and it's constantly being updated, so the team tries to keep it well-equipped and bug-free as much as possible. So that's always great. It's free, completely free download. And they do both Mac and PC. So in case you're worried about the, the format, the system that it runs on, don't worry, they run both. Uh, GIMP and Paint Tool Sci, on the other hand, are vector-based programs. So you can get much cleaner line art with them, and they're a good gateway to using other vector programs like Adobe Illustrator, which are extremely useful if you haven't gotten used to them yet. Uh, taking it from my experience, I have used it to, I've used vector programs to clean up line art and makes them a lot easier to fill them with color later on if you have to lay in ground colors and all that stuff, base colors on, on uh, characters and, and all that good stuff. Uh, in terms of the next step up, there's, of course, Procreate that's exclusive to iPad uh, with a mobile version for iPhones, which I do actually have myself. I got that before I even had an iPad. 
Uh, the benefits of Procreate for iPad, however, are that it's extremely versatile and clean. You only have to pay for it once, just $10. You never have to drop a penny on it ever again, unless you're maybe paying for like brush packs from other artists. Um, you can utilize Photoshop brushes on it, at least as I, what I heard from recent updates. Uh, so you can make Photoshop level art without having to pay the monthly price tag of Adobe uh, Creative Cloud. Uh, you can even an on, animate on it now. Uh, it's freaking nuts. It's uh, there is, however, the uh, like a layer limit because it does work in layers, uh, and so each frame of animation is a new layer. So it it takes a little practice with it, and I can only see them going up from this point with what they're doing with the program, and it's incredible, all for just ten dollars. Uh, just have a little practice as with anything, but um, it's extremely wonderful. For animation and for art once you're used to maneuvering the app and its functions. I've also heard amazing things about uh, Clip Studio Paint and Manga Studio and those kinds of programs. Uh, they're also one-time payment alternatives to Photoshop and they have amazing tools available to you and are thus cheaper than paying for Photoshop every month or in an annual bundle plan. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm even open to getting uh, Clip Studio Paint at one point or possibly if uh, going down the line of uh, furthering on illustration. I know it'd be easier. <laughs> If you're going to do art, though, I'd recommend either getting a tablet of some kind or getting an iPad or a Cintiq or something like that. Obviously, start small and just make sure you're serious about wanting to do art. And digital art is the way to go. Most people don't do traditional art anymore unless they're practicing with life drawing or they're at a convention and they're doing commissions. So the better you, the sooner you get used to digital art, the better. I'm still kind of getting used to digital art because I'm mostly a traditional artist and it has crippled me. So, you know, iPad is friend. Um, there's plenty of model sheets around. So some ter a term that I will use is being on model, which basically means all the artists in the studio can draw the same character the same exact way, and you can't tell who did it. So if you look at some Disney movies or you watch some Disney movies, they're good about that. So sometimes people will adopt their own styles, but they'll be afraid to really branch out and push themselves artistically. And that's great if you just want to do commissions and you're just doing art as a hobby, and that's fine. But if you're wanting to, again, break into a more professional aspect of it, then you need to challenge yourself and try different styles and, you know, try different angles and kind of get out of your comfort and kind of get out of your comfort zone just a little bit, you know. But secondly, I have some advice to add on to what Rachel said earlier, and it goes on to um, goes out to all the artists that are both veteran and new. Know your worth. When it comes to business, when it comes to projects, commissions, anything like that, you have to set price thresholds for your skills. Gauge them appropriately based on your skill level and how much time it takes you to finish your work. This is something that will come through trial and error as I've had to learn my own boundaries and recognize that I don't have to undersell myself or my work given that I've worked my entire life honing my skills to get to where I am now. And even then I continue to learn and grow. So don't let customers try to steer too heavily in that area. You can be open to negotiation, and that's if you're on like a really good uh, relationship with them. But do not undersell yourself. I know it's hard not to not want to do nice things for customers that may even be your friends. But the truth is, unless it's a gift that you want to give for free or anything like that, you still need to charge something because, I mean, it is a business. In the end, it's like it, your passion can also be your business, and you want to be able to make that worth your while here. Uh, don't let anybody try to get free art from you. Trust me, I still get messages. Do you do requests? 
do you do requests? I'm I'm open to art trades if it's with particular artists that I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. It seems like it. We can just evenly do this. We're already pretty good buddies, and we can do that. That's fine. Um, but yeah, make sure you protect yourself and your work. And that actually segues into another tip: protect your art. I don't think I can emphasize this point enough. And even then, no doubt, if you are listening to this podcast then you have either heard about art theft stories, witnessed it, or have even been subjected to it. Uh, The internet's a wonderful place, but it's also becoming incredibly public. And any and all work that you may post can unfortunately be seen as target for art theft. The best thing you can do is protect your work however you can. Watermark it thoroughly before posting. Uh, Consider looking into copyright and trademarks and all that. I know it's a lot of legal stuff, but not fun, but you got to know it. Um... Relate, uh, related subjects like Creative Commons, licensing, intellectual property, just get yourself familiar with that kind of legal jargon because it's in the end meant to protect you. Uh, anything that you can do to ensure that your original content is protected, just do it. For other resources and tips, uh, if you're going to go into character animation, uh, study actors, take acting classes, make note of acting nuances through observation of theater and cinema, however you see it. It's incredibly important to understand organic action, emotion, and interaction through observation. It's just as important to know how to apply it and convey it yourself as an, like they say, as an actor. Because I myself was an actor before I was a professional artist, though I've been drawing longer since before I was an actor. Uh, but knowing both fields helped me tremendously in understanding both. Uh, animators are, in fact, actors, though they are having their characters essentially embody the acting for them. So acting classes, online courses, practicing with friends. I mean, an audience helps. <laughs> anything for feedback. So anything that gets the creative juices flowing and also helps you to gain more understanding in conveying character personality, motive, etc. Um, you can do that through physical performance. Uh, and yeah, I could probably go into this a lot more in another episode, but those are some tips off of my end. Um, the other thing, some other tips i guess is making sure you're reaching out to other artists that are around so um there's two ways you can do that the one the first one is obviously in person it depends where you are but for a lot of the time there's different artist clubs or anime clubs or something of that caliber and if you're on a if you're on a more professional level then being present for those things will add a sense of professionalism to how you conduct yourself because you're actually showing up you're not afraid to leave your house ideally and people you want to feel like you can be reliable is the important thing i feel like and the other thing is through the and the other way you can reach out is via the internet now i'm a big believer in doing fan projects or original projects as a as a practice platform um a lot of people are afraid to do nonprofit projects, but I recommend it as long as you're being safe with your expectations and your time because it's a great learning experience that doesn't cost you any money, unlike school. So if you have a group of um, collaborators that you're trying to work with and they have feedback, you need to obviously be open to feedback because you'll always get feedback. It's, it's a great way to develop your skills, and that's what I primarily do. I run a production team. For those who are unfamiliar with me, I run a production team where we make content for youtube um just different video essay type videos um i talk about my little pony a lot but we're kind of trying to diversify that a little bit 
I also we also do original productions too. So um, we're in the storyboard process of our first original project and all that. And that's all I'll say about that for now. Um, it's a secret. Um, if you don't know where to look for those things, uh, I have a I have a resource called Discord, not the character Discord. The my muse, my flame. Um, he's my favorite My Little Pony character for those who are new and just joining us. But Discord is kind of like Skype, um, which is an instant messaging system where you can message people via the internet instantly. Um, Discord's a little bit more, um, Discord's a little bigger of a beast because it can give you these things called fan servers or servers in general, where you can conglomerate a huge amount of people and they can all talk to each other and go in video calls and stream and, you know, have fun. So I'm a big proprietor if you want to, to go in my Discord server and uh, I'll leave a link or something somewhere, whatever. If you, if I forget to, it's in the about page of my, um, my YouTube channel. <laughs> I love Kim Possible a lot without the L. The L isn't lowercase in the a lot. Everyone always spells it wrong and it makes me mad. Um... But yeah, that's a good place to start to reach out and to post your work and to get feedback. And I'm trying really hard to make it a more active community. It's been kind of going up and down in general. So, you know, I recommend joining if that's your thing. Um, Discord's relatively easy to use. So if you don't know how to use it, then you can look up a how-to video on YouTube and you should get used to it pretty quickly. Discord as an app is also user-friendly. So you can download it on your phone as well as your computer and it's nice. But Discord is also a great way to talk to your internet friends, regardless of if you're in the fan server or not. You, you're just existing. So you probably need to get it anyway, because it doesn't work up as much CPU as Skype, and it's the, the call quality is stronger, and it's great, and it's free, and it's just for you. Um, other general pieces of advice is going to conventions. So a lot of people are like, but money is a thing. I'm like, yeah, I know money is a thing, but like, Conventions are a great way to meet people because they, you know, they attract the nerd culture, obviously, because it's conventions and nerding and stuff like that. I personally do a lot of conventions because I'm a freelance artist now. Yay! So I usually announce stuff around on social media if you care about that. But conventions are a great way to meet some local artists, get some feedback, build communities, and it's all about community and growing and being open to feedback and becoming a better artist so uh and as far as working for free again i just did a video about this if you care but tldr tldr is basically making sure that if you're going to do a project for free if you're going to do a project with your friends make sure you have clear deadlines um and everyone's expectations are online you know project man not project management time management is a thing so make sure you're organizing your time in a way that's effective Make sure you're organizing your time in a way that's effective. But a lot of times, projects like that won't happen because there's not a monetary source to motivate people with. I counter that and say you can focus on the skills that you might gain by finishing a project and pushing a project. And um, make sure you have something to show when you're pitching your project to people, like whether it be internet VAs or people that you want to help join. Uh, because the more you can get done with your project and take it seriously, the more other people will hopefully do as well. Um, and then obviously start small if you're doing a project for the first time. So do a comic dub or do something that requires a lot of minimal editing, minimal production time, you know, all the, all the good fun things. So, In terms of my experience 
uh, having attended a university and having been accepted into an ambitious and exclusive animation program. Uh, seriously, I was, was one of 15 students admitted into the anim animation major at the time. And at least the program's grown still since uh, I was there. But uh, yeah, still very ambitious program. It's not an easy track to take. And truthfully, it's not the path for everyone. Uh, but I give major props to anybody and everyone who forges their own path into pursuing animation, whether it be going into an art institute, uh, a university where they offer the major, the uh, courses, uh, or even being self-taught. It really does depend on which path you want to take, as I believe in the benefits for all of those paths. Uh, from my animation school perspective, I can glean the importance of building camaraderie with classmates and professors, as well as making key business connections that would be otherwise more difficult to make. Um, especially if you're not located near any industry hubs. Uh, schools are wonderful and provide a ton of tools, training, and prep for entering the real world and the industry that you're studying for. And it's great to see more colleges that are providing more animation courses and even providing full departments as they continue to grow. Uh, I suppose the downsides are, one, yeah, it is costly to attend a school, and two, it means having to balance other classes on top of your animation and art classes. Uh, but, hey, I found a way to manage it. <laughs> uh, if you attend a university, there is more emphasis on participation in social activities. Um, I know when I was applying to colleges, I ideally wanted to be part of a community with a healthy balance of social experiences and philanthropy at the same time as delving into animation. So I was in a sorority, uh, and then I was also involved in school-based philanthropy, uh, involved in my courses, and involved in animation. So I was, I was, I was busy, but I, I loved every moment of it. Uh, university was more of the place for me in that respect. Uh, art institutes are more art-centric and heavily focused on solely art classes. So the social dynamics are different there as well. And so when it comes to being a self-taught artist or animator, it is up to you to put your best foot forward and network with your uh, industry in order to make business and artistic connections. So, I mean, you can meet your future boss, your future coworker, uh, potential project partner, anything like that, when you just make that initiative. Um, it's important for everyone to network. Skill isn't the only thing you're going to need for entering the working world. You also need to know how to connect with other people. And those connections are extremely beneficial. So the more you network, the more you get out there and you make yourself known, the more you can crew, uh, accrue with those important contacts as well as potential collaborators. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm rambling again, but, uh, yeah, I, I can't emphasize it enough. It, it's, uh, any path that you take is, is going to be beneficial as long as you know how to forge forward, uh, properly. And, uh, yeah, there's benefits to every path. So how I personally got into animation is I've always kind of sort of been interested in it. Um, I basically came out of the womb um, and was watching Beauty and the Beast, and which I don't remember watching Beauty and the Beast obsessively, but I do remember watching Little Mermaid obsessively to the point where back in the day they had VHS tapes, and I watched it so much that I wore out the tape of the VHS, and they had to get me a new one. So, <laughs> um, And then my interest kind of weighed after, like, maybe around 8 to 10 years old, something like that. And then it was reignited with a passion for um, stuff with Kim Possible. How I view media is if something happens, usually that helps me question 
worldview of the media, if that makes sense. Um, the best example I can give is, you know, the Darth Vader twist where Luke is his father. Then it changes the perspective of the story completely um, with what you're going to watch and also what you already previously watched. So things like that, that's my kind of catch-22. I imagine if I was around um, when Empire Strikes Back first came out, I'd probably be a Star Wars-y fan, and my brother is, so we make up for it. The, the, the dog's name is Chewbacca. One of, my, um, one of the dogs that my parents has is Chewbacca. He's a cute dog, but he's, scared, he's afraid of everything. So, you know, he's a weird dog. So to go into more in-depth into my animation background, uh, or history more or less, I've always been extremely passionate about cartoons, from the comical to the dark to the sincere and everything in between. Uh, I grew up with a stockpile of VHS tapes. I spent many days going to Blockbuster and Hollywood video renting movies and, oh god, that dates me, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, before the days of Netflix and all those streaming services, back when you had to rewind the tapes before returning them and, yeah, <laughs> otherwise you were going to get... Pay, you have to pay a fine and all that stuff. It was, yeah. I mean, sounds tedious, but trust me, it was an event to go to Blockbuster. And uh, because of being so engrossed in movies and cartoons, uh, each story was inspiring and influential in its own way on my own ways of storytelling and conveying characters. It molded my storytelling abilities and then that translated into my drawings and the stories I wanted to tell. Uh, I was always enamored by character design and character animation and how it all meshed together with solid storytelling. And so from that young age, that's when I really knew what I wanted to do with my life, however it was going to happen. So with Kim Possible, what specifically happened is the, so the drama movie came out and I was kind of casually like, yeah, Kim Possible, we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, just like everyone else. And, you know, realizing, I guess, Kim and Ron like each other, Kim and Ron liked each other on a romantic level. It changed kind of the perspective of the whole show for me because not on a major level, but the subtext was definitely different, um, especially from Ron's point of view. So then I got really into the show and I learned everything that there is to learn about Kim Possible for the most part. And now I still retain this knowledge that comes in handy every once in a while. But, you know, um, so that's 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 my origin story. The same thing uh, with Discord for My Little Pony when he got reformed or when he turned good, essentially. Again, it changed the, the narrative structure a little bit of especially what was to come forward because I always thought of, like, what happens if the Joker decided to turn good and what does that say about morality and what does that say about, you know, the Joker as a character. And that's the analogy I use because Discord, before he was a good guy, was, like, the baddest bad guy in all of the brony dumb Ness. and um people were very upset i remember when he was gonna get reformed and i was really excited i was like obsessively excited where i'd listen to les miserables and you know just try to imagine the epicness and like um you know um i'm i'm, I'm comparing discord with uh jean valjean from from les miserables if you can't catch that but you know um, but now, yeah, so anyway, and seeing the sensitive side of his character and realizing that friendship was important to him, it kind of showed how, just how vulnerable, just how vulnerable he was as a character that 
he's kind of alone and you know i it's 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 sad and you know he's willing to do the right thing because he has people that support him and friendship is magic and yay so then i spent the next 5 years talking about discord obsessively on the internet and you know that gained me following i use that word lightly cuz i hate egos and you know whatever i just do youtube videos i'm not important but anyway so i gained a following that way and um but my real love has always been animation and my little pony is animated and kim possible is animated and all the disney and all the disney renaissance movies are animated so i'm basically using my youtube work as a way to try to get people excited about animation to give creators specifically a chance to talk about their views and how they're feeling and I think the direct interaction between the viewer and the creator is really important especially in this day and age um, I feel like hearing from a positive audience can be really inspiring and it's always inspired me when I go to conventions and people really resonate with my work because I've um, I've been through I guess I can say hell right I've been through hell for some of my work and um, thanks thanks trauma and to feel that people still care with it and still resonate with it positively kind of keeps me going and um, it keeps my love of animation going and I love it and you should love it too. But I think too that animation and media in general has a great power of healing and to give people purpose and um, I always use the example of the Bible Regardless if you think it's true or not, you know, we're not going to even touch that. But the Bible at the end of the day is a story and people find, I'm going to get really existential, but people find point in their existence by hearing stories of the Bible and relating to the characters. And the same thing with media, I think, in general. So, Kylo Ren is bae, but... <laughs> so I think continuing to tell stories um, is great for the human condition in general because it helps resonate it, it resonates with everyone for the most part everyone has a favorite movie or story and it just helps people cope through hardships that they're going through it helps people learn via the characters assuming that they're learning and not actually just watching media passively and you know it can help in, and it can out it can help influence like other aspects of um art and just human progression on a technical Techno techn technological level on a technological level there i said it um because because yeah it inspires other people to be scientists and engineers and promote the future and hopefully we don't screw it up somehow by blowing ourselves up for the most part but i feel like art is a fundamental part of society I feel like animation is probably the most important expression of art only because it combines a lot of the different aspects of art. It's not just one person. It's not just a play where you can view it once and then it's gone. Um, you know, and I feel like through caricature we can kind of exaggerate things in our lives. And I feel like animated characters, animated characters are designed specifically so we can emote with them better. And... That's how people connect with characters without even viewing specific things is if they can tell that characters have certain traits by just how they look. And I feel like sometimes that is lost a little bit in live action and um, some of the more serious dramas and stuff like that. So 
yay, animation is fun. So everyone's always really pushing art school, um, whether it be SCAD or RISD or CalArts, the magnus opus of CalArts. Um, for those who don't know, CalArts is basically this big fancy art school that is expensive and Disney founded it and it's like the go-to art school. It's the best in the world. Um, people sometimes don't graduate from CalArts, but you should graduate from CalArts. Um, but the advice I always give people when they're asking me about art and should I get a degree, should I go to art school, is the biggest thing that you'll get from art school is doing art consistently and having a community around you. So if you can find ways to do that without going to art school, it's not a need be. I wish I went to art school because I could have practiced my art um, on a more consistent level than just some other aspect and doing it on the side. Um, I have a film I have a film bachelor's degree. I don't know if anyone cares about that, but there you go. It's it's out there in the public. It's, it's in the open. So anyway, um, but my advice is don't get discouraged if you can't go to art school. As long as you're doing the things I suggested, you're going to community events, you're practicing your art consistently, you're trying to do something with your art, rather whether that's like make a storyboard about Hamilton or something like that. Um, then you should be fine, but I understand that if you don't get into art school or art school's hard to make work, then, you know, it's very discouraging and maybe you shouldn't be an artist and SCAD's freaking $100,000 to go to. I don't want to do that. So, you know, there's pros and cons about going to art school, but my advice is if you can make it work, sure, it doesn't hurt. Um, and obviously the connections are the biggest thing. So when people are going to places like CalArts and they're meeting everyone who's the top of the top of the top of their game and also has money or their parents have money. So, you know, that's helpful. But, you know, as long as you're smart and you're networking, then and you might potentially have to move to a place that has a lot of networking opportunities like L.A. or New York sometimes have animation stuff sometimes, but. LA is really the, the place. I, th I think that's all the things to talk about. So, and then we can edit it together. Oh, and everyone will probably end up doing this podcast every two weeks once we get it off the ground. Um, getting it off the ground has been difficult. This is actually the second recording that we're doing because the first one was bad. So, you know, we're not going to do that. But basically, this one should be good for your viewing pleasure. And... Yeah, I hope you enjoy this podcast and you learn something from it. You're entertained by it, all the above things. We'll also be taking Q&A questions um, sometimes. So if you have any business inquiries, you can um, send them to the email that I made, um, animationcommunication at gmail.com. Remember, communication is spelled with the K because Kim Possible. Ah, uh, you get it. You get it. I made that joke already, I think, but bear with me. And yeah, hopefully we're hoping to help the art world and just provide resources for people that might not have them. Anyway, um, I grew up in an area where there were, there were not a lot of art resources for the most part, so I'm trying to help people that potentially were in my shoes like 10 years ago when I was in high school, oh God, and um, give them resources to get through life and give them hope that there's still... There's still there's still a way to do animation, even if you're not in a place that can do it, because the internet is a magical place that connect every that can connect everyone and make everyone a community. And I'm hoping to help people with that. So, anyway, um, 
that's all I wanted to say. I'm KP. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll hopefully see you back again soon, potentially. I hope we didn't scare you away by this, but have a good rest of your day. Unless the day is over, then have a good night or a good 3 a.m. Have a good 3 a.m. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.